Welcome to Don't Forget Your Position. I'm your host, Nick Fady, and today I'll be speaking with Matt Mikendo, who is the match day presenter or one of the match day presenters at Melbourne City Football Club's home games at Amy Park. Um, and he also co hosts the Talking City podcast with a few of the other diehard Melbourne City supporters. Uh, we, we covered a lot of different topics in this interview. We digressed at some at some stages, but we definitely got a lot out of the half an hour chat that we had. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Sit back and relax and enjoy this interview. Hey, Matt. Thanks for joining me on Don't Forget Your Position. How are you today? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Looking forward to the summer here in, in Australia. Um, so yeah, you, you're the match day presenter at Melbourne city and, and you host the city talking city podcast. Uh, would you like to outline, outline your role and daily responsibilities? Yeah. So responsibilities, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the talking city podcast started about, I think it was five years ago. Um, there was a group of, I think at the time, maybe five or six of us that wanted to start. Um, or got asked to help start a, a podcast by, at the time, Daily Football Show. Um, and there was kind of a core group of us, uh, myself, Maddie, Angus, who really took the lead and, and built that up. And, you know, time's gone on and, and we've been able to go from, you know, a small fan run podcast that did an episode weekly and, and that was it to now, you know, our own decent audience. We've got our, our own website, which is, you know, up there in terms of breaking news. We have a team of writers, a team of kind of designers. Uh, you know, we're able to have a photographer at games. Um, yeah. And then also the the actual stuff with the club, like, you know, having a, an official branded show on SEN, the biggest AM, rep, uh, AM sports network mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Um, and then also uh, myself and Maddie doing the match day stuff. So I guess for a day to day, we've been able to build it to a position by empowering people and, and I guess, Something I've, I've really wanted to do is to give people the opportunity to grow. Mm. Um, same as what happened to me. So I, when I when Talking City started, I was just, I think I just turned 18 or maybe I was 18 in a few months. Oh. Um, and people gave me the opportunity to prove myself and grow. So I wanted to do that for others. So something that I've taken a big part of me is wanting to do is, is give people that opportunity to grow it. So we brought um, a young guy on named Josh, for example, who's a writer and he's now basically editor manager of everything written, you know, and it's something we're able to upskill him and, and give him that opportunity to grow and, and to build something fantastic for his resume. Yeah. Um, so day to day, thankfully, I've been able to take a little bit of a step back um, in that sense, because we've got so many people who are empowered and, and doing, doing such great work and, you know, being able to build something because they are part of it. Yeah, I think that's the coolest bit. You know, it's not just Maddie and I anymore. It's, it's Maddie Matt, you know, Angus, it's, it's Tom, it's Josh, you know, it's Christian, it's everyone involved in building this really cool thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a lot of fun. And, and then, you know, on a match day, uh, that role is slightly different because obviously that's a, a club position. So it's a, it's a bit of a different ride to a, a fan run podcast, but yeah. <laughs> in that one, it's just, you know, you kind of, uh, between Maddie and I, cause we, we do the role together, which is awesome. You know, there's something to be said about getting to, to work so closely with, with such a close friend. Mm. Um, but, you know, being able to spend that time and, you know, we do the, the stuff that the APL requires, like your code of conduct, your, your reads, your advertising reads, obviously. But the cool thing is the club actually trusts us enough to give us um, creative license. 
So it's gone. Like, I remember our first game, we showed up and we were told, hey, here's your script, here's what to say. And we're like, oh, okay. can we <laughs> alter this? Well, it's because they'd only ever had professional MCs before. They hadn't had football people specifically. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. So they were able to bring us in and they were like, well, here's what we want you to talk about in this topic. Go nuts. Yeah. Just here's how long we need you to do it for. So it's something that's really cool. And, and I do all that on top of a, a full-time role in the, uh, in the tech industry as well. Yes, no, you do. And it's great. Both, both, those, both those things you got going, it kind of shows that you know, because I was a hard supporter back in the day, and then you know we were the underdog, and and we we kind of got bought out in in a sense by by the city group, and, and some people were thinking, um, well, I heard you know a lot of big true fans, for instance, you know, saying, oh, you guys are just being bought out, you know, your uh, sellouts a little bit, but but the fact that you guys have started this podcast, it's kind of like giving back to the fans and saying, hey, you know, we we do still care about this team, you know, we are we do have an amazing um, team on the pitch, but off the pitch, we still got that culture, still got that character, and that passion, and you guys are able to kind of show that um, through yourselves, you know, during match day um, presentations and, and through those two to three hours. So I think it's great. I think it's great what you guys are doing. And yeah, it, it, it sounds good that, that it's growing and you're getting more people involved and giving more people opportunities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's pretty ironic that you cop the sellout and, and kind of yeah. like the bit <laughs> that I love from victory fans is the plastic comment. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how many how many of your listeners are, uh, are like close A-League fans, for example, but if you look at the league, right, we came in at heart. We got to about a, a crowd of, what, eight to 10,000 weekly. Yeah, we're still at that level. Okay, cool. We're owned by CFG, so we lost some fans and we've built some back up. Yeah. It says more to me if when we were, like, horrible. Like, we were one of the worst teams in the league. We would get eight to 10,000, you know, yeah, it doesn't look great in a 30,000-seat stadium. Like, I, I don't pretend to say that it does. But we get the same numbers. You know, yeah. we're building. We're not going backwards. Like, you look at Victory, and I think they're a prime example of this. 27,000 members. What was their average attendance last year? 8,000. Mm. We had one less person. So, over the course of the season, uh, and bearing in mind, I think we played one extra game behind closed doors than they did. We averaged one less person than they did, and they had 20,000 more members yeah. or 15,000 more members. Don't give me this plastic crap if you're not going to show up when your team sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is something that it, it drives me nuts. And people are, oh, you're plastic. It's like, well, it's the same people. The reason yeah. I love Melbourne City and Melbourne and what was Melbourne Heart is it was a community club at its core. You know, people like to give, give us crap, you know, oh, CFG this, CFG that. Mm. City in the community is one of the best charity organizations from any sporting club. You know, what they do in the community, what they do, what they fundraise, you know, yeah. how hard those those teams work. It's next level. Like, I think it's unparalleled. Um, or I, I've yet to see anything that comes close to what they do. You know, yes, we have the CFG muscle behind us, but it doesn't mean we have an unlimited budget. Yeah. Like, you know, talking to people at the club, we operate on a same, if not lesser budget than Victory in Sydney, for example. You know, mm. we're, we're not poor, but we're not exactly going out there throwing all this money around, you know, buying everything because we can it's yeah. a salary cap to league. Like, you know, it's not possible. <laughs> um, but, you know, people people like to throw those stones. But I think it, it says more when your club can go from being horrible and pulling eight to 12,000, like being in that range, to now being better. And, yeah, don't get me wrong, we should have more. We should continue to grow. We need to get more fans into the stadium. And that will come. Yeah, yeah. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a surprise that our crowd numbers have gone, uh, stayed, like plateaued even when successes come with where the league is at 
Yeah, yeah, I think there's no denying the league was at its peak in 2015 or 2014, 2015. Yeah, active had everything was going on. It was it was kind of building towards something huge. A lot happened. I don't think we need to get into the the political side of what happened with the FFA and everything like that. But you know, you can't come out and call a club plastic for being able to maintain its fan base. Mm. Yes, we need to grow. I agree on that side of things. Yes, we need to fill the stadium. Perfect. It's going to happen. It just takes time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd say it's more plastic to abandon your team when they're when they're coming last. But yeah, maybe that's just my take. Yes, and let's let's hope we don't have to experience that at City. Let's hope we stay at the top as well. But um, I definitely know what you mean because there were some years at this during that transition, um, or just before that actually. After the first season was good at heart, um, but then after that it kind of went down a little bit. Um, and it was a new club still building, so that was probably when we needed that good solid, you know, first eleven. But it's good and to it was see a club that. that was struggling financially as well. Yeah, like I don't think there's any was... any point hiding behind that. Um, we interviewed Scott Munn one day and you know we were talking about it and he's like look we had to sell three of our players just to keep the club in the black yeah. like not to survive but to keep it in a in a strong financial position we needed to sell those players so yeah I don't think there's any any hiding behind that fact and you know now we're in a position where we tie our long players uh, our best players down on long-term contracts and yeah. we're here to win and yeah you know, something that stood out to me uh, is something Brad Rouse said after the grand final last year is this isn't a flash in the pan. We're here to build an era. Yeah. Like we're building an era of success. And to me, that was massive. Yeah. And no, of course, and, and I think it was Craig Foster or uh, Robbie Slater, one of them that had a quote a couple of years ago, said it's uh, th- these teams are not for us. It, it's for our great, our grandchildren and our great grandchildren. So they hopefully at the, will, will feel the passion that, you know, a lot of people have for the AFL team here in Melbourne specifically. Um, we're still getting involved. We're still passionate about it. We'll still go, but it's really those, you know, the kids coming through now that grew up with the A-League. Um, it's the only thing they know. That's what we're trying to build towards. So very important few few years for the A-League as, as the FA try to do some um, some exciting things with the championship and whatnot, but we'll see It's going to be special. It yeah, will be I special for give, yeah. give it 15 to 25 years, somewhere in that range, and I think it'll be the number one sport. Yeah, and obviously I'm biased for being a part of it, but <laughs> the growth potential, the world game, you know, it, it's too big to not work, and that, that's why. And we're going on a massive tangent here, I know, but that's why I'm <laughs> so concerned about the championship. For example, okay. I don't think it's the right time or the right model to be investing in at the moment. Right. But hopefully, they've done their due diligence. But there's no yeah. way you can run a championship on the budget that they've come out and said they can. Yeah, like it's um, a six million dollar job a year, and and none of the MPL clubs have that, unfortunately. Yeah, with the travel and everything. Um, yeah, and like you said, it, it's it's not that unrealistic to think in in fifteen twenty years will be number one sport in Australia because you know what, um, all states play it. You know, some states are, spa- uh, states are specific to certain codes, and the grassroots numbers are there. Look at the women's game, for instance, that is um, killing it at the moment with the Matildas and. Sam Kerr, these sort of players being the role model. So definitely not unrealistic and, and definitely something they should be working towards on and off the pitch. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so for, in my eyes anyway, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, for two to three hours every weekend, you, you and, and Maddie are essentially the face of the, the club in terms of thousands of fans going to the stadium, looking at you. Is there a certain expectation from you to act? I know you touched on this. 
um, in a certain way to reflect the club's identity or you're just yourself and is the excitement of the moment naturally coming through you? I know you had a, used to have a sheet. It's just all you guys at the moment. Well, when, when I say we had a sheet, it was just simply a, hey, here's, because previously they hadn't had people who were fan specific or they didn't have football specific people. They had, you know, professional MCs who did a great job. But yeah, they yeah. needed they needed more guidance in terms of what was to be spoken about. But for us, it, it's it's all us. Like you know, the mm. expectation is obviously don't be an idiot. Like you know, you don't <laughs> don't go out there and and do the wrong thing. But outside of that, it's hey, you guys have your topics you want to talk about. Here's your time. This is how long you've got. Go for it. Um, yeah. Like the halftime game, for example, that was one that that I pinched from uh, Soccer AM, for example. Oh, like yes. That's why it's called Definitely Not Top Bins. That's literally yeah. the joke that we <laughs> yeah. pinched it from them. Um, you know, we, we try to have some fun and and the club, fantastic. I can't speak highly enough of, of the people involved at the club oh, nice. and, and the way the club is run in that sense that how many sporting organizations or, or any organizations would go, Hey, here's a couple of fans that we know that are passionate. Yeah, they've built this radio show. Like, you know, we know that they can do it, but let's throw them out there in, in the stadium and and see what they can do. Like, you know, how many people give that opportunity to someone, especially someone within their own community? Um, you know, I think that's such a massive thing. And it's not kind of, I guess, seen as much as it would be, because I guess some people probably don't know the history of like Maddie and I with Talking City, which is fine. Yeah. I wouldn't expect everyone to know that, but it's like, it's such a cool thing to be able to go, hey, our club cares to build our culture. Mm. You know, it, it's like building a good culture in a work environment. It's not something where you go, here's how culture we're going to do and this is what yeah, I want. You get that it's, hey, here's the keys, build it. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're giving you all the foundations, you know, take it and run. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty scary when you think about it for two mm. to three hours outside of the players. Yeah, we are the first people, I guess, people think of in the stadium. Like, you know, it's not about, it's not about the admin staff who actually do the job. It's about Maddie yeah. and I who stand on the screen and talk and especially the kids. To have just watching fun. you guys. Yeah, and the kids. And it's something <laughs> yeah. that I think it's something I've I've thought about a little bit, but it inspires me a lot to see what could potentially happen for these kids. Like, you know, mm. something I'm really big on and, and something I drive myself in terms of talking city with like for the podcast is bring people in, give them an opportunity. Because in five to 10 years, I want someone to be taking over from me. Yeah. Like, you know, I want people to be taking the keys and being like, yeah, cool, it's my turn now. And, you yeah. know, Maddie and I can sit back and be like, yeah, we'll still be involved, obviously, yeah. but not have to do the grind. You know, let people who want to continue growing. And it's something I really look forward to. And I look at some of the kids at the stadium, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if these guys are going to be the, you know, the kids who want to come through and push it. They want to take us to that next level. They've got all these ideas and it, it's something I, I really enjoy. Um, it's inspiring to see people come in with great ideas and, and try and help them facilitate it. You know, and something that I, I kind of set as a goal for myself is to keep trying to put people into football positions. Yeah. You know, if I've got, if we've got a writer coming in, I want to put them in a position where they're ready for a job at a, you know, at a newspaper, at a, at a club, whatever we can achieve together is what I want to do. I get someone coming to me saying, hey, I want to do photography, but I can't get a pass because of the way the APL does their passes. Cool. Let's see what we can do. Let's give them a chance to do it. Can we do it for everyone every season? No. But if we can do you know, one or two every season, to me, that's something amazing considering it's a volunteer base. Yeah, and that's something that you can never lose focus on. You know, we're not paying these guys. We're not We're not able to. There's no money coming in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not like we can pay these guys and get the quality of work that, you know, 
uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to word it, but basically the, the quality of work they deliver, we should be paying them because they're yeah. that good. Okay. You're, you're yeah. giving them something much more than, than a quick paycheck. You're setting them up. You're teaching them skills. Um, you, you're giving them a That's sense the goal. of camaraderie. You know, um, and that attitude that you guys have in itself is building the culture for the club. And that can even flow through down to the players. Um, and, and yeah, no, it's sounding great. So, so you guys aren't there on match day worrying about if the, if the city group are watching you <laughs> and saying, what are these guys saying? <laughs> Never thought about it that way. <laughs> oh, um, see, I've actually, no, no, I've you nervous for the next one. Um, like we, we get along quite well with, with everyone. Yeah. yeah we, we do a lot of kind of, I guess, discussing with people at the club. And I think, look, we've gone rogue a couple of times, like a couple of the jokes we've made have kind of been like our own thing and, and we've done our, done it our way. But yeah, the, the group and, and you know, the, the leadership of the club are fantastic in the sense yeah. that they understand that it's, we're not going, we're never going to go out of our way to do something that would damage the brand or the, or the yeah. club. We're, that's never going to be what we do. And if we do, it'll probably be an honest mistake. Like yeah. it'll be, you know, assume, what is it? Assume ignorance instead of malice. You know, that'll always yeah, be in the right place. what it is, but yeah. Correct. And, and I think if we're ever doing anything slightly controversial, we run it past at least two or three people beforehand so that okay, okay. people are aware. And if they've yeah. got an issue with it, we get told pretty early and we make sure we don't do it. But yeah, the, the club are fantastic and, and everything that I can see is they want they want this type of content. They want it to be up to us. They want it to be you know organic. And, th- and that to me is the biggest thing. You can pump in fake, fake passion and, and fake... Mm. Uh, people and you know you can send out these MCs and pretend that they know what football is and pretend you give them the best scripts in the world, but you can tell when it's not true and when it's not passion. And, and I can tell you, like on Saturday night, like you know after the stuff that happened at halftime, which we, we don't need to go into in terms yeah. of what happened in the active area, you know, like our we were in there with our friends, like we were making sure our friends were okay and everything yeah. like that. You know, for the second half, it was it was so personal to see those goals go in. Yeah, yeah, we were riding every like challenge and it was if the club was so united. But I think for Maddie and I, it was we rode every challenge. You know, we questioned every decision like you would expect <laughs> a player or a fan to do. And and it's something that I think really adds to um the value of what we bring. You yeah. know, I, I don't think we're the best MCs in the world. Absolutely not. Do I think we do a decent job? Yeah, of course. Like I don't mm. think we're bad at it, but we'll never we'll probably never be the best because we're so focused on the game. Yeah. I would happily give up all of the good stuff we do to see the team win every week. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's always going to be our goal. Uh, we don't care about it for us. We care about it for the team and the club. So yeah, yeah, I think that's um, such a big thing. Yeah. And, and that's the trade-off because you, you know, you want, you want your, um, your employees, if you're a club to kind of have that up attitude but at the end of the day, it is hard <laughs> if, if you're so stuck into the game and, and you really want your team to win so much. You see with some commentators sometimes, you can tell they're supporting a certain team. <laughs> like that famous um, penalty Especially shootout. in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> was it, again, was it uh, Slater or... Um, uh, Foster. Craig Foster. Foster, yeah. Simon Hill. Craig yes. Foster just <laughs> gave up on commentating. He was just screaming in he support of those screaming. penalties. <laughs> so, um, sometimes and, and it that's works. that's good. You want yeah. that passion. Yeah. Exactly. And I think the, the important caveat is I wouldn't want all the club staff to think the way that Maddie and I do. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the other, the important caveat is it's not our full-time job. Yeah. You know, it's something we get to do because we love it. Yeah. yeah. It's something that we get to do on top of, of our normal paycheck. Like, mm. I think that's the other thing. People expect a lot of, a lot of club staff members and they expect a lot of everything. 
Mm. Um, like, you know, they expect every club staff to be in tears after a big loss or, you know, everything like that. It's not realistic. Yeah. Like, you know, I know like, I work in, in sales, for example, in my day, in my day job. Yeah. If we don't close a deal, I can't sit there and cry about it for 12 hours, you know, being upset. We have to keep moving forward. Yeah. And that's the way the club has to look at it. You know, Maddie and I, we can be devastated and we, we can be super upset because it's not our full-time thing. We don't yeah. have to sit there and fixate on it. So I think, I think that's such an important little um, caveat to put on it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we, so the A-League itself, it's, it's, it's trying and trying to resonate with the fans we've seen in the last few years, especially some issues there. But um, I think, anyway, they're trying to show how family-friendly the league is. Um, have you noticed any dramatic changes over the past few years during match days to reflect this? I'd say the league has inherently always been family-friendly. Um, mm-hmm. It got a bad rap for a while due to some off-field stuff, which is, yeah, fair enough. If all things equal, I think coverage of other sporting clubs and leagues would have the same same culture problem or would have the same image problem. But yeah, it's not the prerogative of of some of the Australian media for other sports to fail. Yeah, it is the prerogative for football to fail. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to choose my words carefully there to make <laughs> no, sure it come across as bad. Sure, the listeners understand. But, yeah, and it's like, yeah. I, do I think all media has a has a case against football? No. Yeah. Are they, you know, are they going out of their way to report on minor incidents and make them bigger? Yes. You know, does it sell? Yes. And that's yeah, the problem. I can say yeah, it, it it's a bit of an easy bad. target. Easy target. It's maybe a for yeah, some. super yeah. easy target. Um, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Things like flares, like my personal opinion is I don't really care about flares. I think they should be allowed. Like, I don't think there is, well, they're not yeah, as dangerous nice. as it's hyped up to be in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, I can remember being 13 or 14 in the terrace in the side with a flare literally at my feet because someone had thrown it into the, yeah. well, not thrown it, but dropped it into the spot so they didn't get caught. Uh, you know, for me, it was, it was okay. And obviously yeah. like I put it, I put the the thought in there that obviously I'm not asthmatic. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not sensitive to smoke. So different story for me to maybe someone who stands yeah. next to me, but you know, I think the way they do it and now building in safe smoke, I think takes that place. Yeah. So for that, for that, I like the idea of flares. I like the idea of the smoke. It looks awesome. Mm-hmm. If we can use safe smoke instead of flares, that's a perfect solution. Just yeah. to put that out there. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's the it's the in thing to be able to pick it up, pick it apart. But you yeah. know, I think if you if you look at all sport objectively, every sport has the same issues. Yeah, it's always the same thing. There's swearing in the crowd or people are over drinking, everything like this. But it's amazing how it's not reported, I guess, equally, which I think puts some families off. Yeah, Something that I think all the clubs are doing a great job of. And, you know, as much as I hate to be a shill, a massive shout out to the way Maccas are doing it as well with the halftime heroes kind of yeah, yeah. thing that they run. The kids you are know, so like, excited. It's kind of like, see. <laughs> correct. You get yeah. to invite all these clubs. They get to play on Amy Pike. It's such a cool feeling. And, you know, it's yeah. cool to see see them out there and enjoying themselves and it builds it. Maybe they won't be city fans. Maybe they'll be victory fans. Yeah. Maybe they'll be Western United fans. I doubt it, but who knows? <laughs> um, you know, but it gets people into the game. You know, it gets yeah. those families there. Like I brought my family to their first ever game. Ironically, uh, Central Coast last year where we won the, oh, the premiership play. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the perfect, perfect night for it. It's but my family atmosphere. or my parents aren't football fans. Okay. They've never had any interest whatsoever. Yeah. Like, they are the definition of, nah, that's boring. It sucks. Like, you know, they've, they've got that in them. Why is I there said, an hey. offside rule? <laughs> yeah. 
oh, it's bad. But <laughs> I brought them along. I got yeah. them tickets and they came and, you know, they loved it. They were like, okay, that atmosphere was pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, they were like, it's something that we actually quite enjoyed. Will we see them there every week? No. Yeah. Um, but is it is that the sport's fault? No, it's more their own thing. But, yeah, you know, it's something that we're building and, and the families, anyone can go to games and feel included. Like, I remember, yeah, again, being 14, I would go into the terrace by myself. I didn't go in with a group of mates because I didn't have a group of mates that were into football. Yeah. I would go in and I became mates with people. Oh, you know, we look at myself and Maddie doing the podcast, doing the radio, doing the game day stuff, being very close friends. We didn't know each other outside of city. We okay. met in the terrace. There you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you can build up such a, such a friendship base. Like I'd say half of my closest friends or, or people that I speak to the most are from meeting through the club. Yeah. Um, it's such a family friendly atmosphere in the sense that, you know, anyone can go, you can kind of sit anywhere. Will you hear some swearing? Yes. I, I don't think there's any, any way around it, any sport, everyone's the same, but mm. yeah, I think once we, and channel 10 is doing a great job in, in breaking down the barriers, I think, yeah, but once we definitely. get past this whole thug mentality that some of the media has put out there, mm. yeah, I think we're going to see crowds really boom and, yeah, the quality of football is going up as well, which is something great. So I think the more we see these local clubs keep getting engaged, keep coming to games, um, you know, keep being a part of it, we're going to see a massive boom. And, and I think we're going to see a lot of families really enjoy the game. Yeah. And and like I said, you know, with your parents, for example, even if, if the goal in, in some situations is, is just to tell, is just to kind of get that message across to people that aren't fans of the sport to come along one game. And then even if they just change their way of thinking so that they're just like, oh, it's not so bad. Uh, you know, after the game. And that's a win for the league and that's a win for the sport. And maybe your parents will tell other people, yeah, go along, take your kids to the football, you know, it'll be fine. That's a win in itself. Even if, you know, your parents or whoever goes, doesn't go again, at least they're, they're spreading the word that, you know what, the media is portraying it in, in this light or whatever and, and give it give it a chance. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think that's the goal. That definitely, um, little wins here and there. Your, your podcast now, it's, it's a great podcast. Listen to it a little bit. It's on SCN, um, which is amazing. What's the process your team goes through before each episode? Um, do you all agree on certain discussion points and, and just, tr or, or do you just kind of trust that the conversations will flow in, until the end as a podcaster? I want to know myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're, we're probably the perfect example of what not to do at times. And, is that and right? also then on the other side of what to do. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that we, we always have a set that we've got a game to review and we've got a game to preview in season always helps us. Cause you know, there's always a game before, yes. the, before that show and there's always a game afterwards. So yeah. that's kind of at least two segments organized. Mm -hmm. You know, then you've got the women's on the same boat, which yeah. normally there's only enough discussion for one segment. So that's yeah. you know, three segments already done there. And then we have our fun thing at the end, which is misfit moments, mm -hmm. um, which is an onside and offside from the week. So for us, it's a pretty simple structure. Um, I know since Maddie and I have had to focus more on the SDN side of things, the other podcasts, uh, the way I look at it is we call it like the SDN show is the SDN show and the podcast yeah. is the podcast. Like yeah. we, we try, I try not to try uh, make sure that no one thinks of anything in a different way, but um, I know the podcast has kind of become a little bit more structured because uh, Christian who's thankfully taken over the running of it. He likes to be a bit more organized than what Maddie and I are which is fantastic. So he sends out a bit of a run sheet with a bit of an idea of, of what to talk about and, and what to bring. But yeah, at, at times we're pretty loose because we've got that freedom. Mm. Uh, yeah. At times we're pretty tight because we need to be. 
Um, it's all all fun and games, really, for us. Like, I know, I know sometimes we show up at a scene and we're like, Maddie, what do you want to talk about? And he's like, oh, I guess this, this, and this. And then we kind of, we jump straight into it. So, yeah. um, but that's something we've built over time. Like, the, cool. at the start, the first year and a bit, we were very... Um, here's a run sheet, here's some talking points, mm. like, you know, just to help if we got stuck. But, you know, I, I think that's the beauty of any podcast. I think you should be able to just talk. Yeah. I think you should be able to go on tangents. Like, you know, that's that's the whole idea of it. You know, radio, you need to be structured. You need to be in and out at certain times. You need to pretty much stay on brand um, and stay on topic. Whereas you can go as rogue as you want on a podcast. It's great. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I there's been, I look back at it and cringe now because obviously COVID turned out to be something very bad but before covid hit australia i remember we did like half an episode winding up one of our guys who's a doctor because um, oh. <laughs> we just were talking i was talking about the tiktok trend well you know yeah how, like i watch a lot of tiktok and the, yeah. the sound that was going around at the start was you know it's corona time oh, so yeah. i just spent like 30 minutes like winding him up yeah and then like all in hindsight it looks bad but you know it was fun to be able to do those tandems you know? yeah. it's fun to be able to talk about whatever you feel like mm. No, of course. Um, and, and kind of leading into the, the final question, what, what's some of the challenges and advantages um, of hosting a podcast that's specific to a club, um, you know, instead of the whole league or a whole sport? Well, you definitely cannibalize the audience. Um, I yeah. know if we were an A-League <laughs> podcast, we would definitely have a bigger reach and, and a bigger variety, yeah. but I personally love it. Like I would much rather be talking to, you know, the couple thousand city specific fans that we, yeah. we talk to rather than trying to talk to, you know, and engage with a whole A-League wide audience. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that that's probably the biggest challenge. You know, there's always enough to talk about is what I've learned. Um, you can yeah. go into a show thinking, oh, it's going to be a quick one because we don't have that much to talk about. And all of a sudden you're there for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest advantages is, having a direct line to the club, you know, and it'd be harder if we were a, an all league podcast, we had to try and have a relationship with every club. Yeah. And like, inherently you're going to be biased. Like yeah. if, if I was trying to run a, a whole A league podcast right now, and you told me after the Derby that I had to talk to a victory fan um, or a victory player, it just wouldn't work. Cause yeah. you know, in my, in my heart of hearts, I hate that person. I have no interest <laughs> in talking to them at the moment. You'll try to um, be cautious, yeah, but so, you just know correct deep down you can, yeah you can hear it yeah and it's like you hear it in some of the um the commentary as well where they they try yeah. to pretend to be non-biased but it's not you know i don't think that's an issue across the board i think it's something that yeah ideally we don't have it but for now we will you know yeah. football media hasn't grown enough yet to have enough people and you hear it in the afl as well it's like listening to eddie mcguire commentator <laughs> i was just gonna game. say that because <laughs> i'm calling the fans um, gonna point so, that out yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's just something that I think it's part of the game and yeah, it's something that I think is a big advantage because you know, right now, if, if we needed a guest for a podcast, you know, it's a fairly simple process for me to reach out. And, you know, we have relationships with players. Yeah, you know, we're able good. to go to, to players and talk to them and, and have that friendship. So then when you're on a podcast together, it sounds good. You know, something that I think is both a blessing and a curse in, in the A-League is a lot of these players haven't done a whole heap of media training yet. Or they have, but it hasn't sunk into them. Like, you know, you hear about it in the AFL where after draft, after the draft, they do that two-day camp where yeah. it's just all about how to talk to the media. You know, and it produces some of the most boring people in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, I make the joke every time someone asks me something. It's always like, all credit to the boys. You know, the boys are fantastic today. 
Yeah, that's all you get out of football. What do you really feel? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tell me what you actually think. And with footballers, they still they still have that in them. They still yeah. talk about what they care about. You know, they still say what they think. Like obviously they always try to pump up the team where they can, but they're yeah. willing to actually talk like people, which is great. Yeah, we want the the Balotelli's and the, and the Ibrahimoviches to to give our end of game um interviews. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite is and it's probably it's probably not the most PC thing in the world, but like the um the qual interview after his debut for Central Coast, where he was interviewed by Adam Peacock, and he's like, "Hey, can I give some shout outs to my boys?" And he gave like all the shout outs, and he ended it with no homo. Like, yeah, oh. is it is it good in this day and age to be making that joke? No, mm. but it was his. You know, it's a clearly an inside joke with his mates, and it's like it's fantastic to see people be allowed to be themselves. Yeah. Like again, should he have said it? No. <clears throat> but is it kind of refreshing to see him just go out there and not have to be concerned about every word that comes out of his mouth? Yeah, I, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I'd but... rather have a non-PC moment that we have to fix than all this sanitized kind of you know cookie cutter responses. Like you can yeah. almost write pre-game or uh, post-game reviews and get and write the quotes out for them, yeah. like in the footy world. Yeah, when even when athletes make little mistakes like that, it, it's refreshing for the fans. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's still showing them as a person. It's yeah. not showing a corporate identity. It's not showing a... Like, well, an even better example is the Bruno Fornaroli FFA Cup speech. Yes. Yeah. They gave him the cards of the sponsors to try yeah. and say, but he couldn't say it. And then he swore yeah. and <laughs> threw it up in the air. <laughs> he swore and he threw it up, but it was all because he was getting picked on by Fernando behind him, yeah. <laughs> which I think a lot of people don't notice because you hear... You hear him stuff up. I think it, he was trying to say host plus and he said octopus or it was optus and he said octopus. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. But you could hear Fernando sitting there behind him like needling him. And I think that's what got the response out of Bruno. But it was like, it's a real moment. Yeah. It's not this sanitized. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to our staff. You know, thanks. This He didn't even know Sydney FC's name. Yeah. <laughs> he called them Sydney Blue. He was like, thank you to Sydney Blue. That's hilarious because, you know, it's a guy who's not – English isn't his first language. He's not yeah. going out there to be a dick. You know, yeah. he's not trying to be rude to Sydney. He's not trying to be like an alpha to them. But he's just out there trying to get through his English. And it was the funniest thing we've seen in the ages. Yeah, and we're still talking yeah, about it's, it it's just, day. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Is it, should he have sworn well, – technically, he said vamos is what he said, so I'm going to back him on that. He said oh, did he? I thought it was – well, that no, was his okay. response. I don't oh, that's think what he, he said, said yeah. Vamos, but uh, <laughs> that's what he figured out to say to the cameras the next oh, day. Oh, very clever. Did he or did somebody in the club tell him? <laughs> I think someone from the club, and I think yeah. I can point out probably who it was, but that's yeah. not the goal. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, even then, it's still great to see that passion and, and that that personal side of him coming out. Yeah. Like, yeah, was it, was it perfect? And was it great for the image of the league? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, Was it bad? No. But was it the best thing? No. Um, You want players to have that personality. You want players to come out and say what they feel and what they think. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it makes such a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And and you never know. You could win fans if if you, if a fan is watching there, the first ever game and and they see maybe not that example, uh, but if they see a player do something, um, like what they used to do when they had a baby, like their wives had a baby and they scored and they used to, you know, take out the dummy. You know, it's something them, you know, that shows their character and their personal lives. Someone might be watching saying, you know, I like that person. I'm going to follow this team. I'm going to go to the match. So you never know where that stuff will lead. And it's good to see the, yeah. these days. 
Um, yeah, Matt, well, thank you so much Amazing for, for coming. Amazing how marketing kind of be done. Yeah. Yeah, yes. It's, it's start marketing. Oh, or... Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, good luck for the rest of the season and everything that, that's involved with that. Thanks so much, mate. It was, um, yeah, it's been great to be on and it's always great to chat football. Of course. Um, where can they find you or the podcast or the team on the socials? Yeah, so the team is obviously at Melbourne City FC um, or at just search Melbourne City and it'll be the first one that pops up basically. Yeah. Um, for the podcast, it's at Talking City FC on all of your uh, social channels, including LinkedIn. We do have a LinkedIn. I'm not sure yes. why. Someone convinced us to do it. Um, so we do have that as well. And, and for me personally, it's just at Matt McIndoe um across all the platforms awesome you never know linkedin you might be able to get some signings from that <laughs> i don't i i like it i i'm actually a big fan of using linkedin which i think purely comes from being in the sales world where LinkedIn yeah, is important. but it just makes me laugh every time we pump up the fact that we have linkedin um because just it, it feels so weird for a podcast <laughs> to have linkedin um, oh, and also uh talking city dot online is our website if you want to catch okay. up with uh with any of our articles or, or yeah, videos talking. that we've done over the years. Yeah. Beautiful. Sounds good. Thank all. Well, thanks again. And um, yeah, maybe one day we'll get, get you back on the podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much, mate. Cheers. So I really hoped you guys enjoyed that interview with Matt. Matt, thank you once again for coming onto the podcast. It was a great discussion and definitely check out his socials, Melbourne City's socials. If you are a city supporter and of course, if you're a Melbourne City supporter, have a listen to the Talking City podcast. It is also on SEN. For us, um, follow us at DFYP Sports. That's our social handle across all of our platforms. Um, that's at DFYP Sports, which stands for Don't Forget Your Position. And also subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you choose to listen to your, po your podcast on. Um, just to get updated um, notifications when one of the podcast episodes get released, usually every Sunday. So look, enjoy the rest of your day and or, or weekend, and I'm looking forward to bringing you another episode next weekend.